Welcome to Christ City Church. Um, uh, we're really glad that you are tuning in. Lisa and I are joining uh, the stream live from our house in Southeast DC uh, after we've returned from some time away. And we're thrilled uh, that you're here and grateful that you've uh, joined us. If you're joining us through one of our social media platforms, through Facebook or Twitch or YouTube, um, make sure that you subscribe and leave us a comment and um, a, a like rating. It's really helpful for us, and it lets us know that um, that you're here and that you're that you're with us. Our passage that I'm going to read today comes from Psalm 31. Um, so I want to ask that you stay to reverence the reading of God's word. Psalm uh, 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Got to pray for Andrea as she comes and walks us through this passage. Spirit, I pray that you would speak um, through her to us and that we would hear the things that you have for us. Pray these things in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Andrea. I'm one of the pastors here, and I will say this every time. I've already got made fun of it for get made fun of for it this morning. I miss you. I hate talking to a camera. I was thinking this week. I was listening to some worship songs this week, and uh, I I legitimately started tearing up when I was thinking about singing them like in minor. So I just want you to know that. I miss you, we miss you, we are praying um, fervently for you, we're praying for an end to this season where we can't be together, and we're really, really looking forward to that day. Um, we're in a series right now, it's called Strength for the Journey, and we've been walking through, and we're going to walk through four different Psalms this month as a way to reorient ourselves. It's very disorienting right now. Um, we're walking through the Psalms as a, as a way to anchor ourselves in the midst of a pandemic, in the middle of violent racial injustice. Um, there's just massive uncertainty everywhere, and that's on top of what we're already dealing with individually. There's hardship, there's loss, there's fear, and then on top of that is our commitment to do the work of justice. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. The anchoring verse for this series has been from Psalm 46, which Watson preached from a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that verse is, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. This is our anchoring verse. And Watson reminded us when he preached a couple weeks ago that God is the one who initiates, that God sustains, even in our fears, even in our worst case scenarios, God is at hand. And last week, Justin looked at uh, Psalm 130 and what it means to cry out to God from the depths. He asked us to consider what it means to wait for the Lord and what waiting has to do with hope. And this week, we're looking at the next Psalm. We're looking at Psalm 131, which also implores us to put our hope in the Lord, to rest even amidst the chaos, it reminds us that contentment is possible here too, and that even though it seems counterproductive 
to our kingdom work that we need to rest. We need to rest and cultivate contentment. There's this quote graphic thing that I've seen floating around social media over the past couple of weeks. It's attributed to graffiti artist Banksy. Um, it says, if you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. One of my friends posted this to her Facebook feed this week and I um, screenshotted it and texted her because I didn't feel like I could comment this on her wall. I said, no, I won't do that. I am going to quit forever and I'm going to take you with me. Um, <laughs> I really did do that. Um, I have found it very difficult to rest these days, like really hard. Um, and I, I find that I either want to be like running 100 miles an hour with no stopping so that like I don't have to stop and think about how I'm actually feeling um, or, or what I'm actually doing. Um, or I straight up just want to quit. There's no middle for me right now. There's 100 miles an hour or quitting. Um, and I just, I feel like I have to, as I'm up here this morning, I just have to confess to you, church, I'm tired. I am tired of being in my house all the time. Um, I'm really tired of not having any childcare for many months. Um, work has been hard. Upending our rhythms as a church, um, having to completely pivot has been very demanding um, for the staff. Um, I mean, trying to understand my role as an Asian American and the racial conversation in the United States and listen well and stand in solidarity with black sisters and brothers against racial injustice has felt debilitating. Um, it's like I fear for the health and safety of my family, my parents, my kids, my friends. I can only see people from a distance. I have no idea when or if this pandemic will end and that uncertainty is very overwhelming. It has not been the best season for me, not great. I've been really impatient. I have consumed a lot of garbage food and television. Um, I've pushed down a lot of my feelings with distractions. Um, it's not great. And I know that this isn't even close to what some of you are walking through right now. Um, on top of the things that I just named, um, I know that you have experienced the loss of a job, that you have experienced the loss of health, of your plans of dreams that you that have been years and years in the making um, and I know some of you are actually experiencing and being affected by loss of life um, by from those of, that are close to you um, or very near to you and I feel that I feel the weight of what we all carry um, and I confess that I've been full of a lot of doubt um, a lot of insecurity there are days when I just ask God over and over again where are you and what are you doing sometimes with expletives flown <laughs> thrown in there where are you what are you doing what is happening and then there are days that I, I just don't want to bother to engage with God at all because I'm mad or just because I'm numb or or whatever if God's there I don't really want to know um, maybe that's an overshare I don't know but that's where I am and where I've been and I honestly am not sure that I've ever felt more like quitting this faith journey that we're on <laughs> as much as I do in this season. Um, but I guess that it's fitting then that Psalm 131, which is the one that we're looking at today, is part of a group of psalms that are meant to be sung on our journey. Um, as Justin touched on last week, Psalm 131 is part of a section of the psalms called Songs of Ascent. So the psalms are broken up 
into five different books that's based on theme and origin and use. And it's thought that traditionally, the Psalms that make up the Songs of Ascent, which are Psalms 120 through 134, were songs sung by Israel during their, their pilgrimage to an annual festival in Jerusalem. I think it's really important to remember that the Psalms were not written in a vacuum. They were composed by real people in real circumstances, and since their collection, they've been sung and read and recited by real people in real circumstances. The Songs of Ascent are pilgrim songs. They're sung while journeying. So in, in this section of the Psalms, there's kind of a loose triad pattern of, um, of the Songs of Ascent. Each of the three Psalms loosely follows a theme. So the first and the three is a song, a song of distress or a call for help. The second one is a song about the power of God. And then the third one is a song about having security in God. You can kind of see this pattern through the Songs of Ascent. Because different parts of the journey call for different kinds of songs. At any given point, we could be singing any one of these songs. But all of them are meant to remind us who we are and where we're going. And I think it's also significant that these are corporate psalms. They're, they're meant to be used in community. People didn't journey to this festival alone. They went with their community. We journey together and together we remind each other of who we are and where we're going. And so that's our hope in studying the Psalms together here too. That's our hope. So Psalm 131 is an example of the, the third Psalm in one of the triads, it's the last one. So it's a song about security in God, a Psalm about trust. So let's read it, it's only three verses. Lord, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. So the first thing that stuck out to me about this um, psalm is the image in it of God as mother. So while God is not gendered, most of the characterizations of God in the Bible are male, um, including references to God as a parent. In this psalm, though, God is a sustaining mother. And I think that this gives us a particular glimpse of God's character. If you've ever fed a hungry baby, I know you can understand when I say there's very little for me that compares with feeding a baby with giving it nourishment, um, whether it's by nursing or a bottle or a spoon or a cracker or candy. I love feeding a kid. There are a few parents uh, at Christ City who know that I offer to babysit their toddlers mostly so that I can snuggle with them and eat snacks together because it fulfills my life and heart. Um, but there is such satisfaction that comes with nourishing a child. And the portrayal of God as mother in this psalm is really, I think, the basis and the foundation for our rest. God longs to nourish us, to fulfill us, to meet our needs. So much so that God gives of God's self in order to do it, in order that we would be nourished, in order that we would be filled. 
as we continue to need nourishment along our journeys, God longs to fulfill us, not so that we owe God something, but as a mother longs to nourish her child. So if God is the mother in this imagery in the psalm, then that makes us the child. Verse 2, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. In looking at the commentaries on the Hebrew text of this psalm and this verse, there are kind of two different translations and meanings of, of what it means to be a weaned child. Some translate this as a child who no longer needs to be nursed or bottle-fed. Babies who are hungry are the opposite of calm and quiet, um, but a weaned child has stopped viewing her mother as just a source for food. She's happy to just be in the presence of the mother because she's been weaned. The other meaning that I came across in this particular of this particular Hebrew word could translate to also mean a recently fed baby. I've calmed and quieted my soul like one nursed with its mother. And obviously there are some nuances here in the translations, but both meanings I think point to the posture of the child, calm and quiet, not clamoring for attention or for food, but satisfied just being with her mother. So when my youngest daughter Rowan was a baby, when she was done eating, she would just like be real happy to just lay there next to me and just lay there. Um, as soon as she could walk, I'd be in another room doing something like cooking or something and I'd hear a little shuffle and I'd look up and I'd find Rowan with her beloved blankie and some kind of a doll toddling her little self over to my legs. She wanted me to pick her up, put her somewhere that she could be near me and just watch. Um, now she's eight and I'll go to the bathroom in the morning now and I'll come back and I'll find a big lump in my bed. This happened this week. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see her in there, but there she is in there. If you uh, go one more, yep, that's Rowan. And I came back to find that in my bed. When I uncover her head, I'll say, what are you doing in here? And she'll say, every time, I just came to snuggle. Rowan has been known to sit by my desk or lay on a pillow next to me for up to an hour, not doing anything but just being there. Um, as I've studied Psalm 131's words this week, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child that is with me. I've recognized that calm and quiet in Rowan. Um, she's content, she's not hanging on to me, she's not whining, She's not trying to control what I do or get involved with what I do. She's just happy to be with me, happy to be in my presence. I realize that humility is required to have this kind of contentment, a specific kind of humility. Verse 1 of this psalm addresses that. It says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. I really appreciate Eugene Peterson's translation of this verse in the message, uh, which says, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. Accepting that we are the created being and not the creator, accepting that we are the child, not the parent, 
accepting our own limits. That's what the humility it, this psalm is talking about. That's it. Watson talked about this at the beginning of our series in Psalm 46. In our efforts to understand the pandemic that we're in, in our pursuit of real kingdom justice, it's right for us to work. It's right for us to remember also that God is the one who initiates the work. God is the one who sustains it. There's what we do and then there's what God does. And what God does, we don't do because we cannot. Accepting that we are created, that we have needs, that we don't know everything, that we're not God, but we are the child. We are utterly dependent on the Lord for our sustenance and for our nourishment. That is humility. And this isn't a reason for us to feel humiliated. This isn't humiliating. This is, this is how we cultivate humility. There's no shame in having needs. There's, there's no shame in asking our good God for what we need any more than there is shame in a child asking her mother for food or for help or for comfort. But even amidst the need, there runs a deep well of contentment in knowing that we are the child. I'm reminded of Jesus' words in Matthew 18 when the disciples are trying to vie for status in God's kingdom. Um, I'm going to read it. We'll start in verse 1. We'll read through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Become like children. My soul is like a weaned child. There's always work. There are always needs. Rowan needs fed frequently. She gets upset. She makes mistakes. She needs help. She gets hurt. Last week she got stitches. Rowan has responsibilities. She's got to clean up after herself. She has to contribute to our housework. She has a responsibility to learn about facts. She has a responsibility to learn how to engage with other people. She has a responsibility to grow as a person. But even in those needs, even in that work, it still doesn't make the time she spends near me in my bed or on the couch any less real or any less sweet. Church, we know that there is work to be done. We, we look injustice in the face daily these days. We're responsible as those who are called to proclaim God's kingdom presence on earth to do something about it. That's our calling. And we know that there are needs. I know that this season feels impossible on so many fronts. But still, I want to encourage you, I want to exhort you today to find your rest, to find contentment in God's presence anyway. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we frequently say that the kingdom is now, it's here now, and it's also not yet here. We live in a perpetual state of 
discontentment with the world. And yet, we are able to experience deep contentment in the Lord. I don't know how that works. It's now and not yet. Become like children. Be content with not knowing everything or not being able to do everything. But be content in knowing that you have a perfect heavenly parent. Psalm 131 is a pilgrim song that reminds us who we are and where we're going. I'm going to read it again. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. We cannot buy into the lie that we are told constantly that to grow and that to mature is to be free of every relationship of dependence. No, it's the other thing. Contentment is in humility, understanding our identity as God's child. It's accepting that we are utterly dependent on God and knowing that is why we can hope in the Lord. We're not relying on ourselves for sustenance. We're not relying on ourselves to sustain ourselves along the way. Because we know that our resources are limited. At some point, they come to an end, sooner or later. These days, it's sooner. But God does not have limits. God sustains. God does the work. God doesn't sleep. God doesn't walk away. We hope in the Lord because we can. And I know that we're in different places of need, even as we're all experiencing a lot of what's happening together. And I want to offer Psalm 131 to you as a pilgrim song as we continue to trek along together. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this message, these songs were not meant to be sung just alone, but in community. So you'll notice in the first two verses of the psalm, the psalmist is actually speaking to God. The psalmist is addressing God about themselves and what they've done. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. So that's verses one and two, addressing the Lord. But then in verse three, the audience address actually changes. It changes to the community that's on pilgrimage. Oh Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. So the psalmist gives this charge to the community based on their own experience. This is what I offer you today, church. I know this is a hard, weird time. I confess to you where I am personally, uh, and I'm still here. It's not fun, it's not great. I, I don't understand what God is doing, ever, really. But I do know that God is with us. God has been allowing me to recognize God's presence through people, through books, through the rare quiet moment that I have. Somehow I've been allowed to, to see it. And I will say to you that God's presence is nourishing. It is filling. 
somehow in this season, I have been mothered by God. And I call you church then to put your hope in the Lord. In your hardship, in your burdens, in your grief, in your pain, in your confusion, in your discontent, allow yourself to be satisfied and contented in God's presence. Every week we like to give at least some kind of simple practice um, as a way of continuing to work out what God is saying to us through the week. And this week, um, I want to encourage you to try praying the Psalms. The past three weeks we've looked at Psalm 46, Psalm 130, and today Psalm 131. Pick one. Pray it. Talk to God, trusting and hoping that God is near and that God hears you as a mother does. There's this song that I've been listening to all week. It talks about leaning back into the arms of God, to breathe deep, to know that God is good, but God will never leave. I've been listening to it on repeat. I just want to say to you, lean back, church. Lean back. Rest. Hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, in this weird season um, of uncertainty and turmoil and confusion and disorientation, we confess to you that we are all of those things. We are tired and we are confused and we are disoriented and we are burdened heavily. We ask you, God, for knowledge of your presence. We ask you for stillness of spirit, like a child with its mother. We know, Lord, that you desire to satisfy us, that you desire to meet our needs. And we do know, Lord, that we are content in your presence. And I ask for, for us that are here in the office, and I ask for my community um, in their living rooms, in their homes, um, wherever they are, that you would meet us this week and that we would be allowed to experience rest and contentment in this season. We're grateful that, um, that even when we don't acknowledge it, that you are there. And so we thank you for that. Amen.